Can you hear me? Lucas? Hello? Lucas? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Are you there? Yep. Can you hear me? No? Lucas? Ugh. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, on to your butt. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling, whatever show, movie, song, or tech we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be talking about Mission Impossible Fallout, the latest entry into the death-defying Mission Impossible series. <laughs> But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, before Fallout, what was your favorite Mission Impossible movie? I'm Lucas Wright, a Chicago-based designer. And before Fallout, my favorite Mission Impossible movie was Mission Impossible 3, the one directed by J.J. Abrams. That one puts Ethan in the most vulnerable position I think he's still ever been in. Um, And it just... Raises the stakes a lot. I liked it a lot. Yeah, that one's amazing. I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee. And there's a special place in my heart for Ghost Protocol. It was the first one I saw. Wow, um, that was the first one you saw? Yeah. Nice. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. I love the ending. Um, so I, I that one still was... Th- that was my favorite yeah i think this is the best franchise like the with the most consistent number of good movies like this definitely takes the cake sure um well before we continue to gush about mission impossible movies let's talk about what we're feeling this week lucas what are you feeling yes this week i am feeling hbo's series sharp objects um Usually, I don't like to talk about a show until the whole season has wrapped and talk about the whole season as a whole, but this is this is a limited series. So we're on episode four out of eight, so we're halfway through this season. Um, this is based on the book by Gillian Flynn, adapted by Gillian Flynn. Um, all the episodes are directed by Jean-Marc Fallet, who directed all the episodes of Big Little Lies. Um, a lot of people have talked about it as kind of a Big Little Eyes follow-up. It's not really in the sh- in the same vein, other than the fact that Mark Sean Vela is directing all of the episodes. Um, it's about Amy Adams coming to a small town that she grew up in where two girls have been murdered and her as a journalist trying to just kind of figure out what's going on. Um, it is very, very dark. <laughs> it is very, very fun, though. Um, John McFally does such a great job of intercutting memories and present um just kind of putting little pieces together and you get a really i mean it's just such a beautiful beautiful view of um of small town missouri it's also terrifying so (laughs) um sandra you've seen the first three episodes right yes i'm so into this show um the first episode really really grabbed me there's so much imagery in this show that i didn't expect it to have like you said, I kind of was expecting more Big Little Lies, and what we're getting is more... It's not... I wouldn't say it's just like this show, but we're getting much more of a true detective show than something that's, like, the fun yeah. of Big Little Lies. Yeah. Um, It has a lot of creepy imagery and, like, really dark, depressing um, story material, mm-hmm. but without all of the, like sexism that true detective kind of inherently had (laughs) running to it yes this is a show that can focus on women's stories both good and ugly and how women can be both very good and very ugly um so i really appreciate that about it yeah um amy adams is doing a fantastic job Patricia Clarkson playing her mother is doing an incredible, incredible job. (laughs) I mean, anything Patricia Clarkson does is just incredible. Um, And Eliza Scanlon, this is the first thing I've seen her in, but she plays, uh, she plays Amy Adams, uh, what is it, half-sister, is really, really, really great. She's just such, yeah, I, as soon as I saw her, I was like, okay, I need to see more things that she's in. And she really hasn't been in much. And she's Australian also, so... The accent work is also great. Yeah, yeah, she's the character I'm most fascinated by. 
Um, and I think we'd be remiss to mention, to not mention that, um, Chris Messina is also starring in this show. Um, whenever he happens to be in this, well, here's the thing. (laughs) Whenever I am trying to get my friends to watch the show, they're always kind of like, like it's Amy Adams, written by Gillian Flynn, it's director of Big Little Lies, it feels like True Detective. They're like, oh, wow, that sounds really good. I should watch that. And they go, oh, and Christmas scene is in it. And they're like, oh, why didn't you say that? Of course I'll watch this show. <laughs> so Christmas scene is I love that that's the draw. <laughs> a really big selling point for a lot of my friends. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to make sure yeah. I got in there. Yeah. <laughs> I also, one of the other things that I love is it's set in rural Missouri in the summer and just how wet everything is. Like yeah. everyone's just always sweaty, which right. I think is just a good. Like, it's just a good accent on this show of just everybody's uncomfortable and the fans are always on. And it just really, it's a good, it's a good way to kind of set this show in this place, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, sticking in the HBO family, what are you feeling this week? This week, I'm feeling Succession, one of the other HBO shows that's airing right now. Um, Yeah. So Succession is a show that I had like... Heard about seeing a trailer for probably and was like, uh, it seems like I've seen this show. It's like it's like another billions, you know, or or like there are plenty same, of these kind of same, shows same. on yes. the air, right? <laughs> Didn't really yeah. pay it too much attention. But then um someone I follow on Twitter whose opinions I trust very highly mentioned that the three main characters on succession are basically like um Dan, Jonah, and Amy from Veep, but if they were all siblings. And that really got my attention because I really love Veep and those three characters especially I find highly entertaining. Um, And so that really like grabbed me. I was like, oh, this show maybe has something to it. Then um, a podcast that you and I listen to, Lucas, The Watch, they just couldn't stop raving about it. And so I felt like I really needed to give this show a shot. And let me tell you, this is my favorite show of the summer. It, I think about it all the time. I quote the show to myself. I'll just be sitting by myself and I'll just start quoting it to myself <laughs> because I don't have anyone else to talk to about the show because no one's watching it. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard of Succession, it's a show about a mega, mega billionaire rich family um, in New York City who's who own like a major corporation. The patriarch of the family is this aged, this aging man who is the CEO of this major, major media conglomerate. And, um, and the show is about his children, um, who are all, he's, he's kind of like a intense viper of a man. And the show is about how he's raised his children to all be varying levels of intense and backstabby um like cutthroat business people in like the mold of himself and how they're all fighting for power in this family whether that's financial power or power within the company whether they're working together to gain this power or backstabbing each other um all kind of climbing in a in a pit with each other uh, for power. And I am fascinated by it. What makes this show different from another show, like, um, like I would imagine Game of Thrones or Billions, where it's all the show is about manipulation and a power climb, is mm-hmm. that um, this show has all of the drama of those shows, has the, 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 the emotional weight of a family that's constantly backstabbing each other um and like the trauma that's involved with that and at the same time it is ridiculously funny i would not call this show a comedy but it is because (laughs) i mean actually i don't know if i would call it a comedy it's so funny um it's It's got a lot of of funny moments yeah, have you started watching it, Lucas? Oh yeah, I yes. am all caught up. <laughs> oh really? Oh, sorry, I didn't realize this. Yes. Yeah. So it's yes. it it feels so much like Veep to me sometimes, in that there are certain characters that feel completely inept at what they are being tasked to do, um, or if they're not inept, 
they're just incredibly unlucky. And um, and at the same time, you have uh, the emotional weight of family trauma and addiction and really, really twisted stuff. Um, and I can't stop watching it. I, I love these characters. I love every line that comes out of their mouths. Um, I find them endlessly entertaining. Yeah. I think it has all of like the classic beats that you'd expect from a show like this, like with a super rich family and kind of the power dynamics that play at that. Like it hits every single one of those beats, but in interesting ways and in the most well done ways as well. Like I, I, I think it's, exquisite and i think i think there are some people from veep involved in this somehow yeah i think so um, too. i forget where in the lineup but some right. of the writers or something like that came from veep um but yeah excellent excellent work and every single actor on the show is bringing it full throttle there isn't mm-hmm. i can't tell you a weak link like i can't even pick a favorite character because every actor is so good I'm so invested in every single one. There's never a time where, you know, in certain shows or movies, like whenever a certain actor's storyline comes on, you're like, okay, let's get through this so that I can get to, you know, this actor that I love. I never feel like that on this show. Agreed. I think it's, it is a big cast, but it does a really good job of kind of spacing out the drama to where you do feel invested. I don't think you like anyone in this entire show, but you definitely feel invested in kind of what's going on. Yeah, I would, I would say there's like two characters that I feel emotionally attached to that I like. Um, oh, really? even, yeah, even though they're awful characters, you know, like the, <laughs> everyone's horrible is uh, the baseline yes, of the yes. show is they're all kind of horrible people. Like, I, I think it comes down to like, I, I truly don't like any of the characters, but they do give you enough to stick around and like actually feel bad for the characters and like f- want them to do the right thing and want them to make decisions that will work out for them. Um, but in the end, I just don't end up actually liking them. Yeah. I also but in most situations like this, I end up, because I don't like any of the characters, I just don't want to watch the show. But it's the opposite no, in this case. <laughs> right. I also want to give a shout out to Cousin Greg, played by Nicholas Braun. Oh, my gosh. Nicholas Braun is an actor that I have been a fan of for so long. Like, he's been, he's done small roles he's been in, in so a lot of many stuff. things. Yeah. Everything's, like, <laughs> sky high, you know? Yeah. Like, um, so... It was so fun to see him pop up in this. And at the very beginning, I thought I was going to be so annoyed with this character. Like, right. And, yeah. and and there was, at the first like episode or two, I did kind of feel that way about the Cousin Greg character. It was like, oh, this is... He's mm-hmm. so inept in a way that none of the other characters are. You know, like... Yeah. And that yeah. really stands <laughs> out and can get kind of frustrating. But by this point in the show, man, I'm all about Cousin Greg. Team Cousin Greg. Same, same, same. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, two <laughs> amazing HBO shows that we're both obsessed with. I can't wait to see how both of them end. And everyone should be watching both of these shows. So get on it. Um, okay. Let's move on to In or Out, where we go through some of the trailers or new media that's been released in the past week. And we simply say, are you in or out? Are you in or out? Okay, so a lot of these trailers are going to be um, Comic-Con trailers because we haven't recorded That's since right. Comic-Con happened. That's right. So I'm going to run through some of these quick, really quickly. Lucas, have you seen the Aquaman trailer? I have seen the Aquaman trailer. In or out? Out. This looks bad it just looks very bad it is looks super generic and not funny at all even though they seem to be trying to really infuse it with a lot of humor in this trailer yeah i agree that it doesn't look funny and it doesn't look good i am however i think in because what it does look is very colorful and campy (laughs) and I'm in on those things. Oof. Yeah. Okay. I'm also in on Amber Heard, and I'm very in on Patrick Wilson. I'm, I'm, ten, I'm, this is a movie I'd watch at home. <laughs> oh, that's you being in on it. Yeah. You'll watch it when it comes out on I will on DVD. watch this movie. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I will probably also watch this movie at some point in my life, but I am not anywhere close to watching it in the next couple of years, probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay, in or out on Shazam. Shazam. I love Zachary Levi. Um, I 
do not love this trailer at all. I am definitely out on this. Um, it seems like DC is trying to make this a, I don't know, like it, it's part of the DC universe, whatever they're calling it, right? Like it's part of the the rest of their films. Um, it just looks like a totally different tone, which I like that it's a different tone. It's, I'm just not in on whatever this thing is. Yeah, I watched this trailer and I felt like it was a roller coaster of my opinion because there were certain moments, especially towards the beginning before, I guess, the Shazam happens in in the trailer that I was like, oh, I'm very in on this. Like there are some jokes that really landed for me and I was excited. And then there are a lot of jokes that did not work for me in this trailer yeah. and I was out on. And yeah. I'm very torn on Zachary Levi just in that <laughs> like I tend to like his performances, but he also I find I can also find him very obnoxious. So um so I don't like want to like him sometimes, but <laughs> I can't help myself. Um, also for me, the premise is weird. Like the, so the, the premise is a kid gets superpowers, but his soup, what he, what it turns into is he turns into an adult man with superpowers and right. so he can switch back and forth between being a kid and being an adult man. So it's a little bit and of I big. Feel, right. A little bit of big, a little bit of, you know, the Regular previous Shazam movie. movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I just feel like there's going to be some weird things about a kid being in an adult body that big, like big was weird. Like big, big would not really play well weird. Yeah. today. And I feel like we're going to get some of that, which I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. And I don't trust them to handle it well. <laughs> right. Gotcha. Okay. So. All right. Moving on. Godzilla, King of Monsters, in or out? Uh, I was very much out on, on the previous Godzilla. I loved the trailer. And I love this trailer, so it's making me just, I don't know, nervous. I'm all the the other movies in the Godzilla universe, this one in King Kong, or the other one in King Kong, well, have not been good. Okay. Um, but this trailer looks amazing. I love Millie Bobby Brown. Um, I love everybody else in this trailer. <laughs> like it just looks good. So I but I'm so wary because the last Godzilla movie was terrible after an amazing trailer. So I'm in. Yeah. But with yeah, I'm out on Godzilla movies in general, um, but yeah. I'm in on Vera Farmiga and Millie Bobby Brown having a strangely tense mother-daughter relationship. So yes. <laughs> uh, I just want to see like the gifs from that, I guess, and then let everyone else enjoy the movie. Um, I will send you all the gifs. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is a quick last minute entry. Um, Right before the Mission Impossible movie, there was a trailer that I saw for the first time um, that I had never heard of this movie before. I really want to quickly discuss because it made me laugh. Um, Lucas, did you get to see the trailer for Overlord? Yes, the World War II zombie movie. <laughs> okay, so is this a franchise or, or you know... Um, yeah. That you were familiar with before? So this movie's been in the works for a long time. This is coming for Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams' um, production company. Is and it based on a video game? It is not. It is a wholly original movie. I don't know. Something about the name movie. is just like, oh, this is a video game movie. <laughs> yeah. What everybody thought was this was a placeholder title, Overlord, um, for a Cloverfield movie, which ah. it still could be. And that's what... All through production and everything like that for the last like year or so, everybody's talked about it as if this is a Cloverfield movie. Um, but the fact that they're not calling it one now, who knows? It could be because Cloverfield Paradox didn't do well in the ratings. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It also doesn't feel like the other Cloverfield movies in any way, shape, or form. It also looks bad. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm out on it. Um, unless I hear that it's a Cloverfield movie and then I'll probably watch it. But yeah. I'm not real big on zombie movies. Watching this trailer, I couldn't believe like how out I was. Like nothing about this trailer <laughs> makes me want to see this movie. Like I do yeah. not like war movies. I do not like people's bodies are taking over movies. Like yeah. I, it's there's so many things I, that, about it. But what made me really laugh was this is this requires us a tiny bit of backstory. When I was in high school, I made a very, very embarrassing, to call it a short film would be very gracious. I'm so but, intrigued now. <laughs> uh, somehow for an English class project, I made a video um, relating to Grey's Anatomy that was mostly, it was pretty much a slideshow of pictures from Grey's Anatomy and um, <laughs> I don't remember how it was relevant to our English class, but this was in the height of Grey's Anatomy's like 
fandom. Mm-hmm. And my English yeah. teacher was a major Grey's Anatomy fan that I talked to her about Grey's Anatomy all the time. And at the very beginning of the video, before before you knew what the subject matter was, I just had this like black screen and it just said, then these words just popped up. And it was like, life, death, love, hate, hope, healing, Grey's Anatomy. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Okay. So that was me being like really like emotionally yes. attuned to like the oh, audience, yeah. you know? Oh yeah, for um, sure. And this trailer does that same thing, but in a more actiony way. It goes <laughs> horror, terror, insanity, evil, chaos. Just like these text words <laughs> popping up on the screen. It does. It's yeah. like we're not gonna like just dis- we're not going to show you that like this movie has all these themes we're just going to like in big block letters be like insanity chaos terror yeah it was bad it's a bad trailer it really is yeah um yeah yeah i i have no idea what's happening with this movie at all so i'm yeah i think we're i think everybody's out on this movie i don't know one person who's seen this and been like yeah i'm gonna go see that so yeah so okay i just we had to get get through that one Um, oh for sure yeah Um, okay one last quick thing um i guess that could technically be on in or out is um there's been a lot of disturbance lately in the movie pass universe so right now lucas i think i know the answer in or out on movie pass uh i'm forced out i guess i yeah (laughs) um I can't watch movies. So right now, basically all movies in Chicago or all theaters in Chicago um, through the MoviePass app, you cannot book any screenings. Have you, um, have you the checked only this one, morning? Yeah, I checked this morning and the, yeah, the only theater available is the e-ticketing theater um, and everything else just says there are no show times at all. Yeah. So, so it's been on, it's been off and on, but it's, right. it's not, not looking good. I checked this morning, right as of now, you can check into things. Um, so, yeah, this movie pass ran out of money. They are, their service is crashing, like, it seems like every other day, every few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a major twist, they have decided, as a last-ditch attempt to, like, save themselves, that they're going to decide to seemingly at random or without any notice, just completely block off access to certain movies from the movie pass audience. So they've said, okay, from now on, certain movies might not be available for movie pass customers to use um, their movie pass card on. Um, most notably that included Mission Impossible this past weekend, but as well as several other like indie movies I was surprised to see. Um, like Leave No Trace, a movie that I think is so stunningly beautiful. I found that I couldn't yeah. check into um, some foreign films that I wasn't familiar with, but it's like who how why are they blocking these like random Indian movies? Yeah. You know, like Yeah, that, a lot of the smaller ones. Yeah. But, yeah. Um so it's it's all very bizarre. Um, I want to give a new development in my you know movie subscription service life. Um, I because Mission Impossible was blocked and we wanted to talk about it on the show. I decided I was like, well, I really want to see it in IMAX. So if I'm going to buy a movie ticket, I might as well buy an IMAX movie ticket. And um, I it was you know IMAX movie ticket is about twenty dollars. And then I realized there's an AMC theater about 45 minutes away from me that has an IMAX theater that if I bought a month's subscription to AMC's A-list um, movie pass, you know, alternative, then I would be paying the same amount as I would for an IMAX ticket. And so um, you're looking at the newest member of AMC A-list, Um we're Yay, gonna see, I'm gonna try it out it. for a couple of months. You have to sign up for a minimum of three months. So we're gonna yep. see how these three months go. And if Movie Pass crashes this week, I'll have a backup. <laughs> um, and I just want to quickly talk about my A list experience so far. Um, All right, it is incredibly smooth, man. Like yeah. every headache that we have with Movie Pass is gone in the A list experience. Um, 
So much of the stress of MoviePass is that you have to check in in person and day of. So you can't reserve seats ahead of time. And most of the theaters nowadays, at least in Nashville, have reserved seating. So you really have to get to the theater incredibly early to make sure you get a seat. Um, So there's a lot of stress involved with that. Um, There's also, you know, like if you're going with friends who all have movie pass, like trying to get seats together is really stressful. Um, And with AMC A-List, you reserve your movie tickets ahead of time in the app. So all of that stress is erased. Um, which I like intellectually knew that that was a feature, but once you actually experience <laughs> it, you're like, whoa, that was so incredibly easy. Another really yeah. simple thing is that with Movie Pass, you have to check in and then use this card. And if for some reason, like your check in isn't working, then your card, you know, won't work and it's a whole hassle. With AMC, a-list, you just use your AMC app and you use a QR code for your ticket. Um, they also email you a ticket. So, like, if for some reason the app isn't loading, you have your ticket in your email. Um, and then you have to present your ID. at the at, So as long as you have your ID with you, the check-in process is very smooth. Um, I will make sure nice. to note that they do check IDs both at the ticket booth when you are exchanging for your physical ticket. And then Mm -hmm. when you give your ticket to the ticket taker, they check your ID again. Um, Man. So don't try to sneak in or like use your A-list on someone else. Like they will check your ID. (laughs) Um, But the whole process was like really, really great. You can see up to three movies a week and your week starts on Friday. So Friday through Thursday is your week. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so I have until Thursday to see three movies. Um, a fun fact is that because I knew I was going to be busy today, we're recording on a Tuesday, um, and I knew I had plans Tuesday night and Thursday night, so I won't be able to, you know, I could only use my A-list pass um, on Monday and Wednesday. Um, so mm-hmm. with that knowledge... Um, I went ahead and saw Mission Impossible in IMAX. And then as soon as I got out of the theater, I saw there was another showing in regular theater of Mission Impossible. And I just went and saw it again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have an extra movie. To, I have an extra movie on this That's pass awesome. that I'm probably not going to get to use. <laughs> so let's just do it. Let's just That's do great. it round two. Um, and it, that is and great. Whole, so you saw it in IMAX and. What? An IMAX you saw it in IMAX and a regular screening. Yes. Nice. Yeah. And um, yeah. And the other uh, benefit of A-List is that you can see the same movie twice. You can see more than one movie in a day. Um, the movie screens just can't overlap. So like, which I, you, sounds like, of course they can't. But for some, if for some reason you want to like get out of a movie early and like go see a different one, I don't think you can do that. Um, yeah. You, the, the movie screens have to be after each other. And I think one thing I've heard that I haven't experienced yet, but that you have to be aware of is that you can't buy a ticket after the showtime has started. So if you get to the movie theater mm, okay. late, um, you yeah. can't buy a ticket at the, at the door for a late, you know, once a movie has already started. So that's a little bit of a downside because I could very well see myself getting to a movie, you know, five minutes late because we know that there's 30 minutes of trailers and not having right. bought a ticket yet. But e-ticketing on the AMC app is so easy. Like I did, I bought my second Mission Impossible 2 ticket in the bathroom right after I got out of the movie theater, <laughs> you know, and then just yeah. walked right back up to the ticket booth yeah. and did it all over again. That that should be easily avoidable. So um, I'm having a good experience yeah. with it so That's far. The, the only downside for me is that our AMC movie theaters are just not as accessible to me as the rest of the theaters in town. Um, so I'm just going to have to deal with that inconvenience yeah. if movie pass goes out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one AMC near my work and that's about it. Um, it's, but it's not one that I would probably like go from home to go to. Right. Um, so I'm hoping for Regal to come out with their subscription plan sometime soon. Cause that is 
that is the one that I really want in on. Yeah. Um, I also in January I bought the year long pass of um for Movie Pass, right. so I paid seventy bucks and I have it till next January. So I'm in it for the long haul till this thing completely implodes. Right. <laughs> um, but as since it made it to uh July, I made it seven months. So I got it. It evened out to be ten ten oh, bucks a month how for me. Great. If it yeah. If it falls apart today, <laughs> if it all dies, yeah, I can't. I broke even on my month to month. So yeah. So everything else from here is just bonus. But yeah, yeah. That's overall, really awesome. I think Movie Pass was totally worth it. I'm sad that it's dying, but I am hoping that yeah. better things spring up. Yep. Um. Uh, yeah. There. There's a lot of tweets talking about like the death of Movie Pass, and my favorite ones really note about how like for this short period of time we like essentially stole from the rich and gave to the masses for cinematic yes. <laughs> glory. And like, that's what a noble cause, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know they weren't doing it nobly, but it turned out it just worked out well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's finally talk about what we're here to discuss. Mission yes. Impossible Fallout. So, Lucas, you have seen all of the Mission Impossible movies, correct? I have, many times over. Okay, so I had not seen most of these movies. Ghost Protocol was the first movie I'd seen. I had a ton of fun with it. And then I think soon after that, I saw um, Mission Impossible 3, and I thought that one was amazing as well. And then I never saw the rest of them. Mm -hmm. And so the weeks leading up to Fallout, I have marathoned all five Mission Impossible movies before this one. Um, Nice. Yeah. And I had such a great time with this series. Um, Even Mission Impossible 2, which everyone regards as like the worst entry into the franchise, I really Mm -hmm. loved. Um, I I had a lot of fun with that movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, I think. Yeah. I I definitely think it's the weakest. Sure. Yes. Yes. But But it's not bad. Yeah. It's cheesy and crazy, but it's so much fun. To be honest, I might even like it more than Mission Impossible 1. Um, I think Mission Impossible (laughs) 1 has so much, it's so iconic that it's hard to like rate that as the lowest, but I definitely had a lot of fun with two. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite like we did earlier because there's so many good things. I love so many Mm -hmm. different elements from different ones. Like I love the ending in four and I love the beginning in three and I love, you know, like Mm -hmm. the ethos of five or like all these different things. But, um, I love and like, they're also the different. camp of two. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Four holds a really special place in my heart, though. Um, so I was really excited to see Fallout now that I've marathoned all of them. Um, like I said earlier, I did see it in IMAX. Um, and I'm ready to talk about it. Lucas, what did you think of Mission Impossible Fallout? It is so, so good. I'll, I'll, I'll start here. Three is still my favorite. This though has such great tension in it um one of the great things about the mission impossible franchise is all of the stunts are like real like you get to see tom cruise actually flying a helicopter you get to see him actually jumping out of a plane like all of these things aren't on a green screen and so you have that you have that tension that you wouldn't have normally in these movies of just this is actually happening like somehow somebody had to film this and it just ups the level of tension and ups the level of excitement in these movies. And this has such great action sequences. Um, I think far beyond anything that you've ever seen before, not in like spectacle, but just in just the mastery of the craft of filming these things, I think is at a whole nother level. This is the first time we've had a returning director. So for Christopher McQuarrie came back after doing rogue nation and did this again. And I think having done a mission impossible movie sets you up perfectly to do another mission impossible movie. Um, it just lets you do these stunts again, just do everything better. And I think that's incredibly hard to do, but it's what happened in this movie. Yeah, I was really stunned by it. Um, I think one of the reasons I like this franchise is because of the mix of amazing stunts and action and tension, like you mentioned earlier, with 
a sense of like lightness and humor. There, the the movies yes. have yes. always had this like you know like there's always like one really glamorous scene or one very funny scene or like a lot of a lot of good opportunities for lightness. And this movie, I think, veers away from that slightly. Um, there's so much that I loved about this film. The the action, I mean, is unparalleled. I love the what this movie has done for the story and the character of Ethan Hunt. Um, this movie is missing some of the like lightness and humor that I appreciate so much about this franchise. Um, mm-hmm. But it replaces, but with the lack of humor it has, is replaced by some of the most delicious tension that I've you know ever witnessed in an action film. And I can't decide which I value more: the like amazing <laughs> storytelling we got in this, or the fun of some of the others. I value them pretty equally so yeah this is not a diss on this movie or the others it's just a, something that makes this one stand out and makes it a little bit different from the pack mm-hmm. i really really got emotional during this movie um like i said the ethan hunt character is so interesting to me um because of how he is <laughs> Not to make it sound too religious, but how he's like in this world, but not of it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally true. And um, I think that's such an interesting thing for a character to be. And and what does that mean for their real human relationships? And we real that this movie, more than any of the others, really examines who is Ethan Hunt in relation to this world? And who is he in relation to the people he has either been surrounded by or chooses to be surrounded by. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love like really digging into that storytelling aspect. Um, And like you said, the action is so incredible, just beyond incredible. Um, It's almost to a relentless point. There are certain sequences that are stunning, but you know, like three quarters of the way through them, I'm like, goodness gracious, how much longer can this pace keep up, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And I don't know if that's a criticism or not. Yeah, you know, like, for me, it's not a criticism, but it, it is something that it's like the tension is drawn out so long that you're like, I don't think I can handle this for much longer. Right. The action sequences are, I feel like you get very, very long action sequences. Really in this long movie, ones. Much longer than anything. Yeah. In, in, you know, and even when the action scenes are over, the tension's not over. Yeah. There's not a release because you don't have kind of that comedy and you don't have those light moments. Right. Um, which I think is good because in this scenario, like with the story that they're telling, it is just constantly pushing the, that that movie forward and kind of ratcheting up um, the stakes and the tension in a good way. But it's just very, like me and my wife got out of the movie and... <laughs> My wife just says, my feet are sweaty. Like, yeah. it's just, you get done and you're just like, that was a workout yeah. watching this movie. There's so many times in the movie where I would, like, adjust myself in the seat where I'd be, like, leaning all the way forward or, like, leaning all the way back. And yeah. Just like, yeah. I was, like, much more physically active than I am oh, yeah. in a the theater. <laughs> Which I think is incredible to do. Um, but I, I did love... I did love the small moments of humor that we did get. Sure. Um, it's usually just some one-liners, just somebody's facial expression, Simon that Pegg kind of stuff. Really like pulling through, you know. I, yeah, honestly, this is the this is the least funny Simon Pegg has ever been. Um, <laughs> he is he's mostly dramatic this entire movie, yeah. but he does, of course, he's Simon Pegg, so he has some good one-liners. Um, also, Vic Rames has some really great. Um, did I call him Vic? Ving Rame yeah. um, has some really good one-liners as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it's those little beats I think are incredible and I wish there were a few more of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to my MVP of this movie who like, I, I think everyone's great in it, but who really enthralled me was Vanessa Kirby, um, who played yes. the white widow. Um, you know, we know her from the crown, I adore her on The Crown. She's probably my favorite character. Um, And in this movie, I was excited to see her in a different role. And man, I just, I couldn't take my eyes off her. I loved everything she did with that character. I, I, I like, didn't even know that she was going to be in this movie from the trailers. Like, uh, I think you kind of briefly see her. And I'd heard about it, you know, in the press. 
Uh, but you know, such a she's such a star. I can't wait to see her in more. Yeah, I try not to. Wa- I try to watch one trailer for most movies. I try to watch the first trailer that comes out. That gives me a sense of the movie and about all I want to know. But I feel like once you get into like the the second and third trailers, they're just putting way too much plot out there that I don't want to know. So. With this movie, I'd only seen the first one, um, and I think she had, like, two shots, and I wasn't sure if it was her, and I thought she was incredible. Like, I, I like there's just so much to her character, but then when, once me and my wife got home, we watched all the other trailers and, like, all the featurettes, basically anything online involved sure. in this movie we watched. Um, but a lot more of her role is in those trailers, and it's it, it's really cool to see her do other stuff than the crowd yeah. like because that you're you're right like that that's the only thing that i've seen her in and so i'm really excited to see what else she does now after these right <laughs> rebecca ferguson is back in this movie she's incredible as always yes i i love it when they bring characters back from previous oh, movies it's my bread and butter this is why i like really fast and the furious so much yes so this is this is exactly what needs to happen like they need to fast and furious this franchise and just continue to keep bringing people back yeah um Paula Patton, Maggie Q, all yeah. of, like those are people that need to just keep showing up in these movies. Um, and they don't Jonathan need to be in every Reese one. Myers. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, he needs to come back. Uh, those three actors, it's like, I promise you they're available for a Mission Impossible oh, movie. For sure. It's like, why for are we sure. not? Yeah, why are they not making cameos? Mm-hmm. And like I that's I think part of the fun of these movies is that is the whole crew, like the crew dynamic and the last two movies. I have really loved the crew, like Ving Rhames, uh, Simon Pegg and Tom Cruise. That is a top notch crew right there. Yeah. That is really fun. Sure. Really love to see them. But every movie having a little bit of a different mix has been a fun as well. Yeah. And so I think that would be cool too. I mean, Ving Rhames has been in every one. I don't mind him sitting out a movie or having a different role in the movie. Um, just, I don't know. Like, let's mix it up. Sure. <laughs> it was it was fun to have Henry Cavill get mixed in with this crew for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you what I would really love is in the next Mission Impossible movie, we get a little appearance from Miss Thandy Newton. Oh, that is. Let me tell you. Like, <laughs> I know. Like I said, we. I liked Mission Impossible too, but let me tell you, Thandy Newton was a cool character in that movie. Um, and. There, she was, but she wasn't a spy, so I don't know what all she could do. Well, she's a thief. I mean, let me tell oh, you. Oh, that's right. That's right. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Yeah, she's a thief. Like she's a like a one of the best thieves in the world. And so forgot like, about that. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Hundred percent in. I mean, what's so fun about that is like all the others. You know, the cameos would be like they were former team members, and so like maybe they get called in to help out on an assignment. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. they're still agents. But with Thandi Newton. That's really fun because you could be doing a job and then all of a sudden bump into Thandie Newton, who's also trying to steal what you're trying to steal, you know? Ooh, I love it. I love, I love it. We're workshopping it here. Hunt. This is great. Ethan this is Hunt great. <laughs> runs into his old, his ex and they have to, they're fighting to steal the same thing. Somebody call Paramount right now. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah. So I would love for more of that to happen. I love what we got in this movie. I, like as you said, Ilsa Proust is a character that I really fell in love with in Mission Impossible 5, and I think she's fabulous in this movie. Agreed. I have so much more to say in spoilers. I'm trying to think if there's totally. anything else that I want I'm to say. I'm ready for spoilers. Let's do spoilers. Yeah. Let's do it. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Crack and gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. Okay, first off, I have to say... I don't think the twists worked. Some of in them this movie. did, and some of them did not. Okay, I don't. I'll have. We'll have to go through them, but I don't think any of them worked for me. But I'm not really upset about it because I'm not sure how hard they were trying to like hide the twists. Yeah. So the very we'll, we'll first start, twist we'll, was really like you saw it a mile away. You know. So the, the first twist being that when they have the guy in the hospital bed, yes, that that everything is blown up. That twist, yes. right? Yes, that twist from the offset, as soon as this, that was on screen, I was like, well, all this is fake. Right. And so that scene went on for so long. Yeah. And the whole time I'm thinking, wait, do they actually want us to think this is fake or is this going to be something else? And it's no. They right. they, they thought they were surprising. Here's what <laughs> I will that. give that scene is that it provided 
really excellent footage for the trailer. It did. It really did. Yeah. That whole Tom Cruise being held back yeah, kind of thing man. Is, works really well in the it trailer. It really does. And is super boring in the actual movie. because You know what's there happening. Are, yeah. <laughs> so. um, let's go through other twists. Um, so then there was the twist that Henry Cavill was like a villain. Um, so to him being a villain... As opposed to him working for, what's his name? Solomon Lane. Yeah. So that's, I, I see that as two twists. So as him, first him being the. How are they not one whatever, and the same? Well, because we don't know that. So to back it up, they meet the dude in the bathroom who's, I forget his name. Well, he's supposed um, to be John Lark. So John Lark, that's it. Okay. So they meet the dude in the bathroom that they think is John Lark. And then you find out later that it's probably not John Lark. It was probably a cover. Yeah. And he has that weird conversation with Angela Bassett where he's like, we think John Lark is an American agent. It's probably Ethan Hunt. And at that point is when I was like, oh, well, if it's definitely an American agent, it's definitely you. Right. So, um, so at that point is when I knew that he was John Lark. Yeah. And then it wasn't until he was talking to Solomon Lane that I realized that John Lark was working for Solomon Lane. Oh, I think that was clear. It might have. Throughout- it might have been. It might have been. I just missed yeah. it. Um, I think in it was all the confusion, that John but... <laughs> Lark worked for Solomon Lane. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, to me, the moment... So, so, like, I really think they kind of messed this up in the movie because I feel like the moment where he talks to, quote-unquote, Solomon Lane, who is actually Simon Pegg, you know? Um, and, yeah. like, that's supposed to be the reveal, but... To me, the real reveal, they, they like screwed the pooch so much earlier in the movie because the moment he gives Angela Bassett evidence, yeah, the, evident, phone. the phone, you know he's a villain. Like, because yeah. that's not the same phone. Like, the other phone yeah. was shattered. This right. is a different phone. So and, the audience. And that, is like, that was the point where I was like, okay, maybe they want us to know he's the villain now because something else is going to happen later. And then when that reveal happened with Simon Pegg, I was like, oh, no. We all knew this already. Right. Yeah, that was strange. Um, so that revealed... Did, did you know it was Simon Pegg? What? Um, no, not until he said Halloween masks, you know. He, okay, th- yeah. That got me. Okay. Did you know? I did know. Yeah. I did know that one. Yeah. When they, when they left, there's a weird cut yeah. that I think I was like, oh, okay, this is probably, this is probably Simon yeah. Pegg. But all, honestly, if I hadn't known that Henry Cavill was the bad guy, I don't think I would have... Right. Like, I think that would have played much better. Right. But, um, yeah. And then... This, I guess, is part of that reveal, but having Alec Baldwin be in on the whole thing was also <laughs> really fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I did like that a lot. Um, um, I One thing I don't like that I think needs to happen at some point is Ethan Hunt be wrong. I would love for Ethan Hunt to actually be wrong once. Um, in all of these movies, he's one, he's always a step ahead. He always like knows who the bad guy is with the double crosses and stuff like that. And the thing that I love the most about ghost protocol is that he's always not caught off guard, but he's always like grasping to try to catch up. Yeah. And that's, that's my favorite thing about ghost protocol. And I wish they would do that more because here he's always just knows what's happening. He might still be running and doing the crazy things, trying to get things done, but in his mind, he knows exactly what's happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the reveal that did work for me in a big way was seeing Ethan Hunt's wife at the medical site. So she is in the trailer. Right. But you didn't know that she was going to be at the medical site. By the t- by that point in the did movie, you... I I the only part I had remembered from the trailer for sure was mm-hmm. the wedding, that wedding thing that we have at the very beginning, oh, okay, which by yeah. the way we have yeah. to talk about how That's right. did the FX guys for Mission Impossible never talk to the FX guys from Avengers Infinity War and note <laughs> that the exact, like, that Ethan gets, like, like dissolved in the exact same way. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. And that, I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> as soon as, as, this soon is... as he did that, I, was, I, I immediately thought to myself, yeah. Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Yeah. Got Mr. <laughs> Stark, I don't feel so good. I was like, what if this movie ends as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ethan Hunt just blows away. I remember that scene from the trailer. And then there was us, uh, there was like another dream sequence thing that we got earlier in the movie. So I I had seen her in the movie. Okay. You know what I mean? So that had kind yes. of like fulfilled yeah. that. Um, yeah, and I didn't that's remember true. every scene from her in the trailer. So um, okay. So when we saw her at the medical site, 
Yeah, I was totally That's surprised. When, which I think that is a great, great reveal. And yeah. I think if, yeah, if you haven't like paid too much attention to her like being in the in the trailer. Right. Um, I, the reason I did is just because I was so excited that she was in this movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I was so pumped. She's one of my favorite characters in this franchise. Yes, me too. Um, and she's so good in this movie too. Like they oh. just, they do, they do her character right. Everything they really do. Everything about his relationship to that character, I've loved in this franchise and this movie especially. It's yeah, so it really perfect. Um, but yeah, so I knew she was going to be at the medical site, but the reveal is so great and him meeting her husband oh. and the husband just talking on and on and that you just get to sit there and see them yeah. and know the clock is ticking and just get to see them like see each other. It's it's ugh, it's beautiful. There's, it really is. Well, the one critique I will have of that entire exchange is that they cast his name is Wes Bentley, right? To be... I think that's Wes Bentley, um, yeah. Her husband? <laughs> yeah. Wes Bentley, <laughs> God bless him, is has the most villain face I've ever seen. It's so and it's true. probably because he was a villain in The Hunger Games, and so that, like, image is burned into my head. You know, like... Yeah, he, yeah. You know, but it, everything about his demeanor and his face screams villain. And so... I, I was, like, pretty sure he wasn't a villain, that he was just her husband, you know? But there's something about right. him that seems so sinister that I kept being concerned. Yeah. I was like, oh, and he's and he's in on it. He's in on the whole <laughs> thing, and she's married into this, and she doesn't know. You know, like, <laughs> my yeah. imagination went kind of wild because of, like, what I associate Wes Bentley with. So that was, so I don't, I don't think that was the best casting choice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, everything about that those scenes played out so yeah. well to me. Um, yeah, I think story-wise, none of these movies do a great job of being super clear on exactly what the plot is yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, so, like, that I'm always fine on. It's whatever. You're after a bomb. It's a thing. Right. What I did like is that the stakes of this wasn't, we're going to blow up the whole world. It, it came down to, we're going to blow up this village, which will blow up. What, what is it, like dams and stuff and like mess up the waterway yeah. so eventually half of, you know, the population will starve, like that kind of stuff. But it it's not big enough to where it's like, you know, this can't happen. Like in my head at watching this, I was like, there is a chance that these bombs could go off and he could lose these people because they've done such a good job of throughout this, having him not lose <laughs> yeah. really any of his teammates I thought this could be the movie where it happens. I mean, um, he, Alec Baldwin did die in this movie. Alec Baldwin did die. Which I was and the director really always about. dies. The, the directors die yeah. in all of these movies. <laughs> um, which, so I, I was fine with. But just the way he had interactions with everybody in this movie, it led up to a point where you could technically see that bomb going off and him losing everybody. Yeah. Um, I didn't want what happened. I didn't think would happen. But sure. the fact that that was there in my mind that like technically you could get away with this happening in this movie and this franchise still continuing made the, it more intense for yeah. me. Um, I loved the way this movie examined his personal ethos of that like one life is all is equal to many lives, yes. you know, because that yeah. is a theme that we've seen throughout the films, but has never really been examined. And this movie really examines it, like really puts a focus on mm-hmm. this, like, you know, morality of his that um, the scene with the French cop, I thought was yeah. such a spe- spectacular scene um, mm-hmm. to see everyone kind of caught off guard, which we don't always get to see, you know, in these movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. truly caught off guard by circumstance and because even though like he, he gets caught off guard all the time with with cars and with you know like yeah all the stunts that was just a, a a moment of almost like a, a boring circumstance but that right threw in such a major wrench into their plan you know yep and yep. to see his entire team just looking to him as the leader to see how this will play out and to see him make that quick decision to kill four <laughs> bad yeah. men, you know, yeah, to save this one person he's never met in order, mm-hmm. you know, it was a really, really cool scene and um, how that continues to play out throughout the movie and how it also continues to like become kind of infectious to his teammates, you know, that like, 
Like Ilsa, yep. who probably did not have that mentality before mm-hmm. meeting Ethan, seems to have um, starts to model herself after him yeah. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And just the loyalty his team has, I think, because of that right. mindset that he has right. is really, really great. I mean, specifically this this team in this movie, not necessarily throughout right. the series, but like specifically here. Right. Um, I want to talk about the Ilsa. Is it Julie his wife's name? Uh, Julia. Yeah, Julia. I think. Yeah. Ilsa, yeah. Ju- Ilsa Julia dynamic. Mm-hmm. How I just thought it was so incredible because... I loved the third movie. I love seeing Ethan Hunt, like, get a taste of the normal life, you know? He's, like, found this amazing person. He has this taste at freedom. And then it's it almost all goes away. And I especially love in the fourth movie where we think he's lost her. And then at the very yep. end, we get to see that, like... He's given yeah. her up, but he's, like, looking out for her. And, like, they, they yep. know about each other and they care about each other, but they can't be together. And, like, that's, a like, a, such a great romance, you know, like, plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really powerful. And then in five, I'm just going through the whole series. And then in five. It's so good. <laughs> we meet Ilsa. And she's so incredible because he's met his match. Like, true. Like, yeah. Julia was, like, the love of his life. But Ilsa is his match, and there's something so fun and different, but still equally powerful about that. And they never, like, actually kiss, because, like, in the back of all of our heads, it's like, we know that he's still in love with Julia, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But she, like, says, like, run away with me, you know? Like, even though they haven't, like, kissed yet, like, that they both inherently know they're kind of meant for each other, um... And she like, and they have this like strong draw towards each other that she's like, run away with me. And in this movie, she's like, you know, you should have, we should have done it. And when he's shocked that she's still quote unquote in the game. And I thought it was so, it handled so well the way that like she gets to find out about Julia and like what his life has been like and how he gets to see Julia truly happy and moved on and how that gives him the permission to like free himself from the guilt he's experienced throughout all these films about from you know from three on he's harbored such immense amounts of guilt for loving her and like bringing her into his life and finally he gets to like release himself from that guilt and she gives him that permission and in addition he also gets to release himself from like this dedication to her and not like letting himself love another or like be loved by another. And so like we get this freedom for, I would hope for maybe in a future movie for them to really fully commit to a relationship of him and Ilsa, I mean, and I just, I thought it was all handled so well. Um, and it just wasn't cheesy at all. It felt so emotionally honest. Um, the scene that, Um, Michelle Monaghan gets to the monologue she gets to give to him when he's at the very end of the movie in the hospital bed about how like she doesn't regret meeting him and like meeting him has made her a better, happier, stronger person. It was Mm -hmm. so great. So that whole storyline, I really appreciated that this movie took the time to give time and emotional energy to like this, his romantic life right i feel like that'd be normally be a storyline you're like really you're gonna put that in a mission impossible movie like you're gonna have time for that yeah yeah (laughs) and even with all of the like crazy stuff that happens in this movie for them to actually do that and do it well i think is really important (sighs) i can't wait for the future more mission impossible movies yeah okay (laughs) hard question favorite stunt in this movie or action set piece (laughs) the bathroom fight is definitely my favorite um i it's just so it's so incredibly choreographed like every punch is hard like every hit hurts um i loved watching that i but i think for me like the most impressive was the i think the halo jump was amazing like that that to me the whole time i was watching i was like this is real they filmed tom cruise jumping out of a plane yes and a camera guy jumped out of a plane with it right um in one of the featurettes you can see the cameraman just has the camera strapped to his head and it's just like falling under Tom Cruise with his head in Tom Cruise's face. It's incredible. Yeah. Like it's so amazing 
to that this is a real thing that they were able to do. Yeah. It's I so think cool. mine is the breaking out of Solomon Lane mm. when Ethan Hunt the, ch- the whole chase yeah, thing. The, the whole all the, of it. <laughs> the setup, the heistness of it, the setup of yes. Ethan Hunt going against the plan, knocking the van, the armored vehicle yep. into the water. That shot of the water coming up above Solomon Lane, I think, is that one of the most amazing, amazing shots shot. I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that shot in itself really did it for me. And then just the coordinated team effort of Benji and Luther getting Solomon Lane, Ethan being chased by multiple people. Um, and it ending in him cutting a hole in that net and falling into the boat, I th- was really, really satisfying. But it didn't even end there. It was crazy because that that that's one of those points where I was like, that was a long sequence. Oh, it was incredible. And then he falls into the boat, and then they get in the garage, and then they're going again. Now they're in the car. Yeah. Then they have chased. the you have a brief like real Ooh. like um break yeah, like with it, the French seconds. It's like it's seconds. The, <laughs> the tension of the chase is relieved, but then immediately replaced by the tension of the scene with the French cop. And then right. immediately replaced again with the tension of another chase right. scene. Yeah. Yeah. So much tension. So much tension. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um yeah. so I think uh, yeah, I think that's my favorite. Um the the one scene that I felt like, man, could this go on any longer? was good but it was felt very long was the helicopter and then them punching and like the helicopters helicopters chasing each other then the helicopter is crashing then them punching each other by the time henry (laughs) cavill and yeah tom cruise were like on the cliff says punching i was ready for that to be over i was like okay look we know he saves the day it was long I don't need this punching anymore. Yeah, that did go on a long time. Yeah. I I felt, I however loved seeing him climb that rock at the very end. Um, Oh, yeah. I loved that reference to Mission Impossible 2, you know. Um, There were so many Mm -hmm. things. I feel like each movie got a tie-in. So um, that scene felt like the tie-in to Mission Impossible 2. Um, All the stuff with Julia, obviously, was like Mission Impossible 3. Um, the stuff, obviously the villain from five was the villain in this movie. Um, Mission Impossible four, not so much. The only thing I can kind of like tie together is that like the big thing in Mission Impossible four was also a nuclear bomb. Um, and then this was like a nuclear bomb as well. And then my favorite is, did you catch the tie in to Mission Impossible one? No. Lucas, I'm about to blow your mind. Um, Vanessa Kirby plays. Oh yes, yes, she plays daughter Max's daughter. Of yes, Max. I meant to talk about that in spoilers about her character. Yes, it's yes. so good. As soon as that happened, I was like, ah, and and like I like nudged my wife, and then she hasn't seen Mission Impossible One, and I was like, ah, I can't tell you this now. Yeah. it's not gonna. Oh, yes, man, that yeah, was so she's incredible. She's Max's daughter, which makes me so pumped to see how she shows up next. Right. I mean, everything about her was so amazing because. My favorite types of villains are flirty villains. Like, a villain with sex appeal, there's nothing better. And <laughs> um, and she is, like, the flirtiest of villains. I don't see her as a villain. I see her as a, a wild card. Sure. Um, course, she is, but I think ultimately, she's definitely not a hero. And oh yeah, for sure. I think in the in, in this movie, I think she qualifies as a villain. To me, she does. She helps MI or she she brokers the handoff for the CIA and MI six to get Solomon Lane back to yes, MI six. But in, so I I don't know if I qualify her as a villain. I qualify her as a foil for Ethan for Ethan Hunt. Sure, for sure. I think in the missions that he's having to go through. Sure, I see what you're saying. I think you're right, but I think in the grand scheme of things, she feels more of a villain archetype for me. Um, That's true. And that yeah. she does like she that. doesn't have that morality. She doesn't, you know, like and yeah, yeah. And he has to lie to her and like defeat her, you know, like. Um, so I, either way, I really, really loved everything she did with that character, um, and yeah, and her being Max's daughter just is so delicious yeah it really is they've done such a good job tying this whole i call it a show (laughs) it's 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 just a spectacle it's really great i think one thing i'm a little disappointed by is that um solomon lane is still alive and 
Yeah. I'm, anno- I'm, I'm kind of tired of him being the villain. <laughs> I, I didn't mind it in this movie, but I think I would yeah. be annoyed if he's the villain, if he's still the villain in the yeah. next film, you yeah. know? Or if they, they keep bringing him back. Like, just, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot of times to just have the same yeah. anarchist, you know, point Especially of view. in a row. Yeah. Like, maybe if he sits in jail for like three movies or something like that and he comes back in 10 years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's let's bring in somebody new. Right. Like Tandy Newton. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Oh, man. OK. OK. I think that's all I've got. This is same here. These ugh. this series is great. Fast and the Furious. Like these are our two American franchises. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fast and Furious and Mission Impossible. I, I really want to say really quick. IMAX is definitely worth it for this movie. The the sky jumping scenes, the like the helicopter scenes, the um the chase sequences really, really work on that huge screen and like really make you feel enveloped. And so I, I think this is a, one of the few movies where I would say it's definitely worth the ticket price. Nice. Yeah. I might have to do that if I switch to AMC. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the only IMAX movie I've ever seen Whoa. in my entire life <laughs> is The Dark Knight. I've that's I've seen one IMAX wow. movie and that is it. Like I I thought it was great, but I mean like I've just not drawn to IMAX yeah. all that much. Like I think I probably would be if I saw more, but yeah. it just hasn't been something that I've been like I need to see it in IMAX. I've had some the other different screening has been uh, I saw Dunkirk in seventy millimeter, right. and also I was like that was good. It was definitely better than regular, but I don't mind regular. Sure. I don't like three D, and most IMAX Ooh, screenings no. No, no, are three no. D, and so I can't do that. Um, I will not do three D. I've tried it before. I've tried seeing IMAX in three D, and I didn't love it. And so, but this was reg- was not three D, and so I yeah. think that was perfect. IMAX not three D is a, an incredible experience. I would do that. Yeah, I would do that. Sometimes. Okay, um, if you want to find Feeling It Pod on Twitter, our username is at Feeling It Pod. And where can we find you on Twitter or anywhere else online, Lucas? I'm everywhere on the internet, at Lucas and Stuff. And my handle is at Sandra Omstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye, Nick. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 